Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is Effectively Helping Teens and Young Adults. My guest is John Soriano. And, well, let me just tell you, uh, well, this this conversation is is going to be about the use of NLP, which I love, but we'll get into that, of course. And that's Neuro Linguistic Programming for those who are not familiar. So we'll be talking about NLP and other related tools to help teens and young adults overcome emotional and academic challenges. These issues are on the rise and need to be spoken about in relation to effective tools to help. So a bit about NLP. I'm also an NLP practitioner. I was first introduced to it in the 90s by my acting mentor, George Morrison, who was the guy behind stars like Dustin Hoffman, Gene Hackman. I mean, the number one guy. I don't think, I don't know if he taught them NLP. No, no, he didn't teach them NLP. He got it in the 70s, Steve. But he, 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 he turned me onto it and it was, blew me away. But then many years later, I, I wouldn't become certified till many years later. And I just want to, I only bring this up because uh, NLP has been around since the 70s and coaching is becoming a, a, is a growing industry for since the 90s, all the time, all constantly growing. The market's getting tougher for each coach. But NLP has always been controversial, basically. But and we're going to talk to John about it, but I, I'm an NLP coach, even though I don't work one-on-one anymore. I'm the head of a technological coaching company. We're striving to launch a revolutionary app that's going to totally change self-help and personal development. Okay, blah, blah, enough of that. But in terms of coaching, which is, well, I use, I use that in my app and John certainly uses it and I certainly do. There's nothing like it. Nothing is more effective. And you, you can criticize NLP and deserves a lot of criticism in a number of ways. But in coaching, you're going to find that perhaps 100% of coaches perhaps use NLP because it's that effective in coaching. Many times when I was working with a client, John, uh, I would use a a technique, maybe one I was familiar with or not even I was unfamiliar with. And it works. And it worked. And and I'd be like, oh, my God, this shit really works. (laughs) I I wouldn't say it out loud. So I would tell them, you know, how are you doing with that problem? They would say, what problem? The problem you you had. That really doesn't bother me. Yeah, but you were just crying about it 10 minutes ago. No, no, that doesn't bother. That doesn't bother me anymore. You know, I I got such joy out of Mm -hmm. of things like that. It was such a great. I love to help people like any coach must, like most people do. But when you'd have those little victories, oh my Mm -hmm. god, it was NLP is awesome. Uh, You know, it's it's a basically it's just a model of communication. But uh, when we really communicate to ourselves and others effectively, we get things that we didn't get previously so i am a big believer in nlp you know you know with with uh, a healthy skepticism but in coaching there's nothing like it nothing is more effective in my experience and observation okay do you agree john, for those who are listening john's nodding exuberantly <laughs> so let me talk about Let's talk about John Soriano. This is you got a great bio. Bio. This guy is in. We're in the same tribe. John Soriano, MSCH, is an internationally known hypnotist and coach. He works with clients all over the world to help them optimize their minds and achieve results. He has a master's degree in education and a bachelor's degree in psychology. I also want to mention about this. Psychology is my favorite subject, John. I'm, I, Got a feeling you like it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a degree in it and I don't. But, you know, and, and intermittently, periodically, and almost religiously, I would think about getting a degree in psychology and becoming a certified psychologist, mm-hmm. counselor, you know, you know, therapist, whatever. And this went on for many years. And it was almost like an obsessive thought that kind of beleaguered me until I decided to do something about it, either to take action or or to stop having this recurring thought, which I decide the latter. And it's not because I, I 
you know, deprive myself of, 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 of the psycho psychological field. Indeed, all coaches are practical psychologists by necessity, but I'm talking about a degree here and becoming a, a therapist, which requires a legal recognition. Uh, I decided, you know, I, I, I'm the head of a tech startup now. Uh, and we have an app that's going to revolutionize self-help. And then we'll get into other personal development. Anyway, I decided that I could reach more people and help more people in terms of volume as an entrepreneur, you know, in the coaching realm, uh, as an entrepreneur. And decided to stop with this thought that every like, should I go to school and get that degree? <laughs> so that was, that's my experience. John will talk about his, and I'm looking forward to it. I just wanted to insert my little my little anecdote there because it's pertinent. You know, I guess it was, I guess part of the value that a listener may get is that there's nothing like a decision, <laughs> mm -hmm. nothing exactly. like a decision. Indeed. That's where our lives are, are composed of. He is also, uh, of course, he's certified neuro-linguistic programming practice, master practitioner. You know, I never went on to get my master practitioner because even though I really know all the stuff, cause I studied it, I didn't feel the need for it. <laughs> you know, if you know, the, the fundamental tools of NLP are extremely useful, mm -hmm. obviously the master practitioner, modules and tools are too but if you use the basic tools you can get a lot of mileage out of it oh yeah so that's my take on it um of course he's a master practitioner also of eft now if, if you heard of this audience this is emotional freedom technique which i was i learned in my the certifying body which certified me as a coach very very cool stuff it's like a hypnosis acupressure Mm -hmm. uh, combination very useful in making changes and gains very cool stuff he's an expert certified hypnotist certified smoking cessation specialist i love this i've been i'm i'm no longer a smoker and i was afflicted by that addiction um and that's very common it's a certified self-hypnosis and meditation instructor that this is great stuff you know how i got back into nlp is that I, a master practitioner was teaching me and I, and that was many years ago. He had sent me a self-hypnosis course by Nightingale Conan in the mail. I kept the cellophane on it for years, never touched it, thus really accumulated on it. Uh, then I started smoking again. It's like, you know, all right, let me take this self-hypnosis course. It was so useful. It was so effective. I, you know, smoking was gone. I, I made a strategy this time and, and, and self-hypnosis was the core of it. And, and part of it was, okay, if it's too, you know, if it's the, the urge is too much, I'll, I'll use gum, nicotine replacement gum. I used to nic nicotine replacement gum for a few days, and then I was done with that. That's how effective the self-hypnosis was. And that's what rejuvenated my interest in NLP. And I went on to study a bunch of trainings and become a coach because that's how, and that was by myself. Imagine an expert like John teaches you about self-hypnosis, how effective it could be. Self-hypnosis really works you know the guy a guy took that course with me concurrently he didn't get the gains i wanted so it, it can be subjective people are individuals but mm -hmm. and that has there's a lot of there's a lot of variables for that a lot, lot right mm -hmm. it's not you know not just wherewithal but how much do they want to make the change right you know uh, oh yeah especially with smoking clients you always get the i'm here because my wife made me come <laughs> Yeah, that, that's not going to go far. Yeah, no, I just say, well, thanks for coming, and here's your refund, and have a nice day. Yeah, right. It's right. not going to go right. anywhere. So, been there, yeah. been there. We know how that's going to end. Exactly. Right. And meditation instructor, that's fantastic. Meditation is so useful and beneficial. So he's certain he's also certified hypnosis for pain, ma pain management. That's fantastic. That is extremely common, and that sucks to have in life. We're going to have mm. a lot of that in life, but, you know, it can be managed. He's certified hypnosis for ADHD, uh, certified Z point. Well, what is Z point? I've heard of that. What so Z point is a, um, it, it deals with the subconscious. It uses a uh, clearing program that you install by reading it. And then it's activated by a trigger word. So uh -huh. um, if you've ever heard of be set free fast, it's very similar to that kind of approach. Um, it's very benign. The thing I liked about it is that it's um, you could tackle a lot of globals with that. So for in NLP, EFT especially, you really have to start targeting specific things. So you can't work with, you know, I'm angry. And that's an elephant in the room. Like, what the hell does that mean? So it, you we can't all really, are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Cap, I'm always angry. So, you know, so that's, you can't really work with them that way. But with Z-Point, you can. 
you could you could clear a global like that. Wow. You could clear time frames. Wow. You know, uh, things that it happen ages, you know, 10 to 16. You could do that. Wow. So it's it's not as known as it should be, um, which is sad because it has a, a, a huge potential to it. But for some reason, this never really took on. Um, I was certified by the creator of it himself, and oh. he kind of comes and goes into the you know so it never really got traction like i really think it deserved but that's in a nutshell well what it, is. it seems like it is an excellent ability to have to be you know to deal with the specificity or to deal with the general yep. to, to come out from two both sides is like mm -hmm. a win-win i mean that's fantastic mm -hmm. yeah because uh, i mean a lot of traditionalist practitioners in any of the techniques that I use will be like, you know, how dare you cross train kind of thing. Like <laughs> we have the silver bullet. It's the same thing that drove my martial art instructors crazy when I was younger, because I was always about, it wasn't about the system. I was about the result. So if I could do it one way, I get it from there. If I don't I have to look for it somewhere else. And, and that's always the way I've looked at this. So is none of these are a magic bullet in and of themselves in my opinion each technique has its its place depending what you're working with uh nlp is the only one that i use as a master frame regardless so whether i'm using eft and if you use um nlp language patterns with eft you just turbocharge the heck out of it totally because you get to core the core issues real quick if you know how to use the linguistics of it but L language is so critical mm -hmm. as we both know of course you know we're always communicating and, and even saying using language to ourselves uh you know obviously we think in all sorts of modalities thoughts uh, have can be it can be itself it can be an image could be hearing something but we also generate self-talk and that mm -hmm. self-talk could be all the thing we the only thing we need to defeat ourselves in totality oh yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah you, you'll put the parking brake on that way absolutely mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and let, let me just finish up your bio and then we'll <laughs> get into the i love this is all interesting i think it's interesting to the listener so that's why i talk about it. i don't talk about it just to yammer on <laughs> it's all intriguing i don't want i don't want to let you know just get by it and not come back to it so it's great mm -hmm. stuff finally to complete john's bio he was also this is the icing on the cake he was named the ibch 2018 eft and NLP instructor of the year. So there's that. Very good. Not one, but two. Very good. Great Double prizes. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. That's an excellent biography and resume and obviously a, ability, a, a spectrum of abilities. I mean, I think a, a client coming to you really has... Would, would be doing well because you have a lot of technical skills and, and areas that you can approach the, the client in, in getting their outcome. It's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Now you're in Florida, right? Yes. Now, are you from there originally? No, I'm from New York. What part? Uh, Brooklyn born and raised. Uh, I knew it. I had a feeling you're talking <laughs> to another Brooklyn Paisan. Oh, uh, I knew it. I I, could, I knew that right off. I was going to actually ask you later, but yeah, I, I could I could definitely tell. Yeah, I'm like Captain America, just a kid from Brooklyn. That's great. You know, my partner, I mentioned my company, Auxilium. Uh, it's headquartered over in uh, Hollandale Beach. That's where our headquarters is. Uh, you know, right now it's just his apartment, but we hope to big, <laughs> grow big. But he's in Hollandale, and you're where? Uh, I'm in uh, Orlando. Oh, great. Orlando. Man. That's where mm -hmm. Disney World, Disneyland, Disney World. Uh, yeah. One Disney two. something or other. Disney, Disney yeah. yeah. Home Disney of the Mouse. Monolith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. When did you get down to Florida? How long ago? Uh, I came down in 2000. I love it down there. I've got plans to move, you know, have a place down there. My brother lives in Miami. Uh, okay. It's fantastic. Too damn humid in the summer. Uh, oh, I love the heat. I love the heat. I, I I drive my family crazy because I go on hot runs in the summer, and wow. I'll be I'll take a thirty minute run when the the temperature index like one hundred and six. Wow! With that, you with the high humidity. Uh huh. Oh my god, that's yeah. fantastic! And they're like, "You're crazy." I'm like, "Well, that's been established." But you know, <laughs> you know I just love I just love the heat. I couldn't the, deal with 
the temperatures in New York anymore. It's just, mm-mm. oh yeah, that says so much about your resiliency and, and ability to endure discomfort. That's fantastic. You know, I lived in Tucson, Arizona, many years ago. That's a dry heat. Oh, and people, <laughs> people would say that, you know, as some sort of condolence, and I would say, listen. 105 degrees, friggin' hot. I don't yeah, care yeah. how dry it is, friggin' hot. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I went to Vegas, I went out to do uh, to give an NLP training in Vegas, and my colleague meets me at the airport with a water bottle. <laughs> and start drinking. Yeah, so he's like, "Yeah, you might want to start drinking this." I'm like, "I'm not thirsty." He goes, "Well, here, by the time you're thirsty, you're dead." <laughs> that's a late signal yeah like damn you're all serious all right so (laughs) and yeah when i walked out there you don't feel anything because it's so it's so dry it's not any humidity but yeah no that i wouldn't run in that would be you know i just recently suffered from heat exhaustion right up here in brooklyn i had it when i was a soldier a young soldier in the desert in the 80s i bounced back in a few days i was good to go this time around I was knocked out for weeks. It is no joke. Yeah. No, it's you no must, joke. You must hydrate. The body needs that water desperately. Yeah, I do run with a bottle of water with electrolytes. I'm not that crazy. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I not that that not that crazy. What part of Brooklyn? I have to ask. I'm in Bensonhurst. Bensonhurst, love where, it. Where were love you? It, love it. Love it. My dad was born in Bensonhurst. I was born in Bensonhurst and moved to. Um, Old Mill Basin. Oh, I love Mill Basin. That was my first marina was in Old Mill Basin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's bringing back memories. Yeah, I'm a sailor. Yeah. Even though I was a soldier, I'm a sailor. After You know, you know I sail boats. I love sailing. Oh, so you're right around the marina by King's Plaza. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. This is freaking awesome. Sorry, audience, but we have one, to reminisce for a second. <laughs> the very last one, which was cor- called Corvette's Marina, which is the most dilapidated Corvette's, marina in Mill yeah. Basin. It was held together by string, which is perfect for me. <laughs> I remember when that, Corvettes was there. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. It, it just the the original all the all the owner died like about fifteen years ago, and and then it kind of went awry. But uh, yeah, it's been there for ages, uh, and he was a cool guy. Wow, wow, wow! This this is awesome. Okay. We, we <laughs> all had, right. We've had a great band. Let's get into the, the, and we great. I think we talked about some really interesting stuff uh, and, and in the realm of personal development, but let's get into the meat. How, how did, first of all, how did you get started in this work? So I got started in this in around 2006. There was uh, a certification program called Rediscover the Joy of Learning. And it was by uh, the late Dr. Don Blackerby. And I was in education at the time. Anyway, so I was always looking for ways to um, get better at the trade, so to speak. And my daughter at the time was kind of struggling a little bit in middle school. So I signed up to take the certification and discovered it was NLP based, whatever that was, because I'm like, okay, I don't know what that is, but went through the thing and it just made so much sense. Mm. And I learned some basic NLP kind of stuff because you didn't need to be a practitioner at that time too. But it fueled my desire to become a practitioner later on because it was just like, how man, it's just like unbelievable how he can map somebody's map of the world, so to speak, excuse me, and go through all these and affect changes. It was just amazing. And then on top of it, he had EFT as a component because he came to the conclusion that it was more effective in shifting emotional challenges to school than NLP was. It was a lot quicker and a lot more elegant, especially when it came to things like ADHD, uh, learning disabilities, quote unquote, um, small T trauma. And in other words, school, if, if a kid's struggling in school, school becomes a trauma to them and becomes painful. So you need to disconnect all that. Uh, shifting beliefs, all that. So he had the EFT component to the training. And I, I, I always remember this. I saw it. And for the first time, I was like, this is the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, you're, you know, part of my friends, but you're shitting me, right? Like, there's no way, you know, doing this kind of thing is going to do anything. For, for, th- for those of you <laughs> lis- 
who are not watching, which is almost all of you, uh, John just tapped himself, which is what they do in EFT. And as a matter of fact, they, it's also called tapping. That's mm-hmm. that's how they the, that's how they touch it. The, right, you the tap on touches the, the the client. Certain meridian points uh, or trigger points on on the body. So, and I was now I was familiar with acupuncture from my martial arts experience, so I understood that aspect of. I'm it. a martial artist as well, by the way. Oh, the, we, dude! Next time I'm up with I'm up in New York. We're totally hanging out. I hope you know that. Let's do it. <laughs> that is all, that's a given. We, we got we got a great rapport. It has nothing to do with NLP, by the way. And for those of you who don't know, <laughs> just, NLP a big part of NLP is establishing rapport because it's a critical thing in communication and persuasion. And I don't think he's used much of it on me. And we just no. This is a Brooklyn thing. Yeah, this is a DNA thing right here. That's all that is. Um, so I put off the whole learning the EFT portion of the program till the very end because I was so skeptical of it like I really don't I this is like dumb it's dumb but to get the certification I had to do it I had to finally complete the training part of that and deal with it so I went through that and then I was working on a couple of pretty benign things myself but just to get through the training and I noticed some shifts going on, cognitive shifts. And I'm like, oh, now, wait a minute. That can't be. Like, that was way too simple. That, that can't be. Worked on something else. Now, that can't be. Like, you know, and then I started realizing. So I also started my studies in that. And I actually started my studies in that before NLP uh, even. And that was in the days where there was no certification bodies in EFT. It was just you got uh, a basic completion or an advanced completion, and that was pretty much it. Uh, now there's a bunch of organizations that will do that and certify you and, and whatever. Um, sadly, Gary Craig, who was the creator of it, kind of has been pushed to the periphery. And some people who are much less skilled are in the forefront these days, but it is what it is. So. I started in 2006 taking that training, got all those tools, was working with students, um, got real good at getting students past test anxiety issues because uh, I've been work I've worked in high schools uh, most of my career. So I've had students that were one in particular, she was a senior. One, she was going to go to a university full ride uh, softball scholarship, but she couldn't get the ACT score. And every time she took it, the score dropped. So using some logic, I realized, well, you don't forget how to read. So there's got to be an anxiety issue going on. Mm. So I used an evaluator called the West Side Test Anxiety Scale, which is one I still use, uh, and dropped her test anxiety down. And she took a 21-point jump the next time she took the ACT and got the score she was looking for. So I didn't know because it's a scale score on the West side. So I'm like, okay, I dropped somebody by like two points. To, you know, is that good? Like, I, don't, you know, I didn't know. So I actually reached out to the creator of that scale um, who has since passed and wrote to him and said, Hey, you know, I've been working with students and I'm using your, your, anxiety scale evaluator and I dropped him a couple of points is that good and he wrote me back we need to talk <laughs> and I'm like okay so I, I we said am up I a, in trouble yeah yeah <laughs> so we you know I called up and and we spoke and he's like so you've had two to three point drops consistently I'm like yeah what are you doing because I've never had that wow I'm like really so it's good <laughs> and he's like it is what we would call statistically significant <laughs> Great yes term. It's, yeah yes it's very good what are you doing and i was using eft mostly and john you were like no no it's, see it's trade secret copyright can't yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> so he actually asked me to send him all my data so he could go over it and everything um then we kind of lost a little bit of contact and then he ended up getting ill and that was that. But so I still use that. Uh, I use a lot of this in my, in my work. Uh, I'm a full-time educator. 
So I'm on the front line every day using this. Uh, I've used when you, it. When you say full-time educator, you mean as a teacher or as a coach as well? Well, uh, coach counselor kind of deal. Okay. Um, my experience in the classroom when I was in the classroom was uh, teaching emotionally disabled students, those who couldn't quote unquote learn. And for three years, I had the lowest behavior incidents and the highest learning gains on my campus for three years in a row. Wow. You're the man. I wonder why you got that award in 2018. Because it was, it's, it really is just a matter of, of unlocking their mind and seeing what's going on because somebody learns differently doesn't mean they can't learn. They just learn differently. And in terms of academic survival skills, like uh, learning math facts, like multiplication tables, for example, things like that, reading comprehension, uh, memorization, vocabulary, spelling, all that kind of stuff. Those are visual functions. Now you hear a lot about learning styles. Well, you know, if it's kids auditory, you should teach them in an auditory fashion. If he's kinesthetic, you should teach him in a kinesthetic fashion, which is almost impossible, but, uh, and so on and so on. But Blackerby, he was a maverick. He used his NLP skills to master top students and found that the successful students had one thing in common. They did this all visually. Right. So you weren't going to do a student any favors hitting an auditory or kinesthetic model because it's slower anyway. And I don't mean slower in terms of intellect. It's slower in terms of speed. Right. So if they I'm looking, yeah, exactly. So if I have a picture, there's a gazillion pieces of data in a single picture and I can see them all at once. Right. Auditorily, it's kind of like, let's, we're going to date ourselves now cassette tapes right i love them it's a linear search right you have to go through everything to get to where you want to go mm. so it's slower because of that and kinesthetic even more so because you're looking for what it's supposed to feel like and all this kind of thing so i teach students how to get to the visual function like spelling for example you can't sound that every word out first of all it's slow second of all it's inaccurate if you're using English words that have a, a, a foreign origination, for example, it's not going to work out. Um, phonetically, you can't even spell phonetically phonetically. <laughs> it says it all right there. Right? So you have to be able to see it and, and, and that kind of stuff. So I got real jazzed with that, and I still use it to this day, uh, working with students in either emotional capacities Um or, or academic capacities. So I'm on, I'm on the front line as well as my private practice. Fantastic. Now we're talking about education. I'm a, we're gonna take a moment to hear, hear from our sponsor, but we're not done with this topic of education because it's huge and extremely important and that's an understatement. But let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with John Soriano. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. When people learn something, they want to use it so it has real value and the best teacher is experienced visit www.proficio.io that's p-e-r-f-i-c-i-o.io where proficio will have you taking action with what you're learning immediately you'll be closer to your goals before you even realize it you're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having an excellent conversation with John Soriano. That's my paisan down in Florida. We're talking about education. He just he just hit, said a mouthful and more about it. Well, his and how he what he what he knows about it and his experience with with young with younger people and all the and some facets to it. But I'd like to reply to that in terms of learning in general. I, I would posit that. Learning is the most important and valuable thing that any person can do throughout their entire lives. And it's, what, and it's the greatest gift that we all have, the potential to learn. Because be, with this gift, you, people, a lot of people don't realize this. You literally can become whoever you friggin' want to be and do whatever you friggin' want to do. All you got to do is learn it. 
and it's not hard whatever mm -hmm. however it takes it takes but you can learn it it's in all the books and all the courses and all the programs you just got to make a decision and apply it and then you just get on your way uh but but that's the it's the most essential thing of a human being exactly now and i'm going to piggyback on that because you're you're, you're treading right into where i wanted to go excellent learning is the most so important no, <laughs> I've got you where I want you now, Skywalker. So um, it, it's it's learning of, like you say, is one of the most important things. Now, here's the, here's the thing, Narya. In education, in the system, there is something, a key ingredient that is missing most of the time. And it's been my experience in over 15 years in education. It's been my experience talking to other educators, other people in related fields. And that is this. Education runs on a lot of assumptions. Mm. The biggest one is students naturally know how to learn. They don't. They don't. So <clears throat> when I'm dealing with a kid and they're having some academic challenges and that, for example, maybe they're having trouble on taking on tests. They're bombing on their tests. So I'll ask them, well, did you study? I'm like, yeah, I study. I don't understand. Let me ask you this. When was the last time a teacher taught you how to study? And they'll look at me like, because the answer is always the same. Never. Right. Right. I so, never heard of it. No, because so the thing is, the missing key to learning in education or anything, but the missing key is knowing how to learn, not what, but how, okay? Teachers and God love them. I'm on the front line with them. We have a tremendously difficult job, but they give information. Nowhere in the system is the student taught how to learn this information? What is the inner process of learning? Don Blackerby nails it. Robert Diltz nails it. Dynamic learning uh, is his thing. Uh, I, I was just reading um, a book the other night on uh, accessing all minds. I think it was titled something like that by uh, Dr. Mel Levine. I felt vindicated reading it because it's all about, you know, hey, you know, it's it's not as straightforward as people think and stop with the labeling and all this stuff. And I'm like, preach, brother, you know, so it's like I love that. I love when I have I, I get a vindication. You know, we're in similar fields. Certainly you're an educator as well. You work with children. I don't do that. But um, we're practitioners of NLP, but I, we're in the we're both in the field of personal development. Mm -hmm. And and I oftentimes I'm vindicated by things that I do by my own instincts. And, and, and that, with that, when I, when that happens, I, it just tells me that I'm in the right field. I mm -hmm. love it. I love this field about bringing out my own potential, about helping others bring out their own potential. And there's so much of it. Uh, and, and, is, and this is the thing that evolves the human race. Uh, and I think, I think, well, you know, it's a funny thing because I, I don't think that the, the human race has evolved very much lately. Uh, but technologically, we're off the charts. Oh yeah, uh, all right. But uh, but uh, in terms of humans, I, you know, with the right, we're going to get into addiction. I think addiction is a great marker on the health of of humans, uh, and addiction might be at an all time high. It is incredible how addiction is is as pervasive in society. I'm a I happen to be a recovered addict. I'm I'm clean and sober over 21 years. Uh, and so I'm familiar with this very much. And I, and I got clean and sober in the 12 step model, AANA. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, can, it can be very useful, but you know, it has a lot of quagmires. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, this, this, you know, personal development the, at the core of it is education. Yeah. Uh, right. And, and, and whether you're in the curriculum as a young person or later on as a, in college universities, and then we get into the larger field of personal development. I created this virtual coaching program called Proficio because I love self-help and personal development, but really it doesn't work because if it worked, I would have been a millionaire 20 years ago. All right. It needed a little bit more. The potential was there. I got the potential. 
right? But I needed to keep going because, well, I saw it in self-help that self-help doesn't work primarily for four, four primary reasons. Person, you know, they heard the sizzle of the steak, they smelt it, and they ordered it and never ate, ate it, right? Never opened the book, never start, you know, never, never started the program. <clears throat> One, they don't apply it, right? You got to apply. Action is critical. And then, and that's just during the course of the book. And then they don't, four, uh, number three, they don't finish it. That was me. World's greatest starter, world's <laughs> greatest non-finisher, right? And then four, the most important thing is that they have to continually apply uh, the principles of knowledge to get towards their goals that's why we learn anything it's for some right. goal even if we, we don't even conceptualize it well, maybe mm -hmm. we conceptualize it abstractly but we learn things so that we can do something with that knowledge right whether it's mandated like as a young person or later on in life that's where it's more directed and and so i created proficio to do solve all these problems but this, this is where i was going with I, so proficio coaches and automation it's right on your phone right you know a coach in your pocket that's customized and individualized uh but it is it, it it coaches a person to keep learning with these things i just described solving these problems i just described but since it's, it's, it's since the coach the proficio is really it's a self-help coach that lives on an e-learning platform since i'm coaching well, the, the the automation is coaching a user to learn to, to keep learning the course I figured, why not use accelerated learning techniques? Because that, why not? If I'm going to coach someone to learn, why not use those? These are fantastic. Most people have no idea about the, about accelerated learning, mm -hmm. but what a difference it makes in learning! Yeah, what, because what, learning doesn't have to be, learn. Well, learning is not supposed to be slow, mm -hmm. right? The brain is not wired for slow. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. The brain is wired for speed. Yes right? The system itself is what slows things down, right? So like the, the story, whether it's urban legend or not, I'm not sure, but supposedly the, 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 the story of the QWERTY keyboard, the keyboard that we use today, as it's said, as is, there are actually much more efficient setups, like uh, Dvorak and a couple of others. But what, so people figure, well, this is the way all keyboards have been since we've had keyboards, this must be the most efficient way. It's not. Back at, in the day when keyboard was created on a typewriter, an old style typewriter, if the typist was too quick, they jammed the machine. <laughs> so the QWERTY keyboard was specifically designed to slow down the speed of the typist so they wouldn't jam the machines. And it stood. So everyone's like, oh, but this is the most efficient. No, it's not. It served its purpose at the time, right? The model, for example, even in education now, it's a 200-something-year-old model. Wasn't overly great then, to be honest. And it sucks now because it, it doesn't take into account, like one of the, the presuppositions, in my opinion, of education, that's a, that's a, a faulty presupposition, is that all students learn the same because they're the same age. So we'll put them in the same room and expect them all to learn the same way and at the same rate. Well, that's just asinine. And of course they will, oh yes, we know the individuality of the student and they have a conscious knowledge and every once in a while they'll come up with some program, some new flavor du jour that, oh, this is the, the greatest and blah, blah, blah. And it's the same crap because the system is geared that way. So you have to get to the students individually. You have to see what is going on. First and foremost, when I deal with a student, and I'll give you an example, actually. A few years back, the principal I was working for at the time came to me and said, uh, we have a group of seniors that are in danger of not graduating. And I want you to work with them and get them to graduate. So, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> done, right? Now, of course, he tells me this in December, by the way, and school year ends in May. So I'm like, all right. Challenge on. Yeah, all right. Challenge accepted. So I'm like, okay. So when we come back from break, you know, I'll, I'll start. So the 12 of them. First thing I did was have them take a belief survey that asked them questions about what they believed about themselves, about themselves as a student, about school and learning.
okay? And 10 out of 12, uh, pretty much, one of the things they believed is I'm dumb, so who cares? That old, that old one. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, all right, that's driving with the brake on. It's, you're not going to get anywhere. So what I did was developed a, a, a class. It was an after-school class. And I took the first 20, 25 minutes to covertly break that down. And to teach learning skills, I teach the how to. And then after that, I gave them to tutors that I got from the uh, local college that was subject specific because most of them needed help in math and that was not happening for me. So <laughs> I gave them to the tutors. After I taught them how to learn the material, gave them to the people to get the material. The tutors, after a while, were even like completely jazzed and into this because they were seeing the changes in the kids. And I kept hammering things like, you know, how to chunk information and how to how to, uh, you know, process the information, how to get through those beliefs again. Long story short, by the time May came, 11 out of 12 graduated on time and the last one graduated in the summer. Wow. Just so you short by were one the man. I was yeah. the man. So, but it because it was down to what what is essential, which is how to learn the material, or you can even look at it for the kiddos that have behavior issues, right? How do you self regulate, right? One thing I can tell you, and one thing that gets me so 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 excited about working with teens and young adults is. They are so open to anything that works, okay? Mm -hmm. They are desperate for anything that works, okay? Because I'm not trying to disparage the psych community, but I will say a lot of the times it's, it's a non-starter with a lot mm -hmm. of these kiddos, all right? Um, and I'm just going to leave it there. I don't want to insult <laughs> anybody. Theoretically, hypothetically, I'm saying this. I don't want to get sued. But <laughs> excellent tag. Right. So but that's just been my experience. And sitting in front of a kid and saying, OK, I want you to start tapping on yourself. And they look at you like you're an alien. I'm like, look, I know it looks stupid, but trust okay. me on this one. And they'll they keep coming back. Or I will have kids telling me that they showed their friend because their friend was upset. Um. I had a student this year alone, for example, that um, came in with a 504 plan, which for those aren't familiar, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, a adults with disability act form. It's a federal form that gives accommodations to uh, a, di a diagnosed or identified disability. So he had a 504 plan for anxiety. He has meltdown anxiety attacks. So the beginning of the year, he came in, he lasted maybe two weeks before he had his first one. And he was in my office. So we did tapping. He escalated in about two minutes, sent them back to class. This went on every week for a couple of months. Once the turning, but the, well, he would just come whenever, but it was working out to about once a week. So he'd be in the office. And the turning point was one day he comes and asks to see me and he comes in and I said, okay, is it the usual? And he says, no, I feel like it's going to come. So I want to stop it beforehand. Now that's a huge shift for someone who suffers from an anxiety <clears throat> thing. I'm like, and I praised him on it. And then that was it. And that was probably around late September. From then through the end of the year, not another one. No more. Fantastic. Not another one. So, right. Great. So these are tools that are drastically needed, not only in schools, but in society in general. The, the, the teens and young adults today, it's a battle for their minds, right? They have a lot more shiny objects than we ever had. Oh boy. Growing up. But they also have 
people able to access to them that are not overly beneficial for them. Mm. But they're not getting any skill sets on resiliency. And that's where the NLP and the, and the hypnosis and the EFT, all that comes into play for them because these are tools that they can use. They can use self-hypnosis. They can use EFT. They could learn certain NLP things. You know, they don't have to be practitioners to do it, but certain ways of reframing things, for example, uh, six-step, uh, the six-step reframes, outcome generations, things like that, to teach them the skill set to become mentally resilient because it, it's, it's just missing. And you're seeing, you mentioned it in the intro, these, these challenges are increasing. I was reading something that was very disturbing in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks back. The suicide increase in elementary age students. Wow. It was I, didn't even, I didn't even know they did it at elementary age. <laughs> it's it's becoming more and more prevalent. You have fifth grade. There was a fifth grader in my district that that killed themselves this school year. Oh my god! And you have to ask yourself why. Where is the disconnect? And I could you know go on for hours about where I think it's coming from and what I think you know, it look, is, but it doesn't matter. Let, I want to talk. I want to go down that vein, but okay. let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, and then we and then we'll come right back, and we will. Okay. <laughs> okay, because it's very intriguing and can be very illuminating to people. Okay, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, and we'll come right back with John. This episode of Self Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. How is your financial health? Are you ready for emergencies? What if you actually had in you the wisdom of Benjamin Franklin? There's a reason why his face is on the hundred dollar bill. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can make certain that you're on the road to be financially independent no matter what happens. You are listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petrozo, having a wonderful, organic conversation with John Soriano. And for those regular listeners, you may have noticed that there have been just a few commercials here. Why? Because... John and I have had such a wonderful conversation and he's, he's unloading such great treasures. I didn't want to dare interrupt him. So I'm just letting, so we're just going and, and, uh, and this is a wonderful, wonderful, valuable conversation. And, and I think it's great. Thanks so much for coming on, John. Oh, it's been my pleasure. So, okay. So we're talking about uh, suicide in, in young people right now. And uh, I mean, I, that's obviously very long. I mean, you know, I, I'm a veteran, like I mentioned, I've heard and, and um, heard in the last 20 years with the two recent wars that we've had and uh, that the vet veteran suicide is at an all-time high. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you're talking about young people. I'm talking about, I mentioned veterans. Why is there such an, uh, uh, you know, this rise in in, in suicides? It, to me, it's, and, and I've, I've been suicidal. I've, I've had a gun to my head with my hand holding it, you know? Uh, and uh, so I can relate here. Uh, and, uh, for, thank, you know, very fortunately, I, uh, I didn't pull that trigger, uh, but it's, it's a rough situation, but why is it going on? Do you have any, you have any, anything on it? Well, I have a, uh, I have a few ideas. Um, the thing is with, with, with teens and young adults, a lot of it, in my opinion, is an overload, mm. right? So for mm. example, when we were growing up, you disconnected at some point. Right. There was no 24 hour cable TV. There were, you didn't have screens. You, you know, you weren't like this all night. You were able to disconnect. Right. And have downtime at some point. They don't. Right. Today. You, you, it, you could rest. Yeah. And Recharge. you could, Exactly. But it's a constant barrage now. Also, the fact that it's it's because of the ease of communication and exchange of information through social media, especially suicide is now in the ether. You know, it's in the collective consciousness. You know, when I was the age of some of these kids, I couldn't even spell suicide, let alone think about it. You know, now everybody goes through a, you you know, a thought you, process. 
You should use the visual part of your brain. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> something. Yeah, spells. Are, Sorry, spells I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a sensitive subject, obviously, but I always like to make light, make some lightness in it. But uh, you know, totally, man. And you know, the uh, we talking. You talked about we're talking about the challenges, and I think that social media. This is probably not going to be any genius thought. Is a is a double edged sword, man. It is a double edged oh, yes. sword. I mean, there's so much benefit to it, but so much negative, so much downside. Yeah. Well, technology but, as a whole. I mean, the internet has done great things, right? The internet's allowing us to do this 1,200 miles apart. Yeah. That's great. It allowed me to take my master prac training from one of the world's top practitioners in London. That's great. Who's that? Uh, Peter Freeth. Peter Freeth, one of the best in the business. And it's great. I was able to, I did my bachelor's and my master's degrees online. Wow, fantastic. That was great. But there's a downside. I could look up all kinds of crazy shit, you know? And if a kid's already down a rabbit hole and they're already starting, one of the ironies of, of things today is as easy as it is for kids to connect, with technology more and more of them are more isolated than we ever were now also i i i bring in the whole kitchen sink when i think about stuff like this i bring in food for example what kids eat today i mean yeah we ate our share of crap back then but you know not like now we played outside Okay. You cannot underestimate the value of being out in the air and moving your body, okay, and playing in the dirt. You just you can't underestimate that, and kids don't do that. And the brain needs these things in order to function in an optimal way. And I always give the joke, you know, I ate dirt and drank from the fire hydrant, so I had my COVID vaccines already, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, but this, so this this whole totality of things is is really wearing on, on these kids. And the pandemic now didn't help either. When they were in lockdown, and it broke my heart because I had to have office hours, virtual office hours, even though we weren't in school because the kids were going to school virtually. And I had to have office hours in case the kid wanted to come and, and talk. And in the two months that we were in school that were just virtual, I spoke to one kid <gasps> once. And I knew who my all-stars were. And I knew they were going through it. And there wasn't a damn thing I could do about it. Why? Because 90% of the issues were home related and they're not going to tell me about what's going on at home when they're at home. It's just not going to work that way. So what happened is, okay, pandemic's over, lockdown's over, we send everybody back to school. So the system, education system, the, the, the worst offender, okay, they're back, everything's normal. No, it's not. No, it's not. First of all, you have a year, some kids, two years worth of a learning deficit now that you're never going to recover for another 10 years. Okay. You need to change your approach to what the hell you're doing. Do they do that? No, let's just business as usual. Everybody's back. Everything is cool. No. And these kids are a lot less resilient now coming back. I've, I've noticed it. They just don't, they can't self-regulate. They don't, they're just falling apart. You, you work with these kids, but you know, I, I don't, so yeah. my, I don't have nearly the, the insight that you do, but for my, my position, and, and I almost hate to say this, the younger people aren't nearly as tough as we, as we were. It seems to me, uh, and if that's that's a little if that's a little overly critical, forgive me, but it seems to me that really society is getting softer instead of instead of. Well, not, I mean, yeah, in a lot of ways, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, and you mentioned earlier about the 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 rise in suicides in in the military. These are younger guys. I know. I right? almost dare to say it. Look, why these guys are combat soldiers? You know, and uh, you know, and uh, these are guys that were growing up in the participation trophy era. Right. Right. Okay. They don't have the resiliency to you, you understand. Just got to it. Shit's not fair. 
You know, I, that's a line I used on more kids than I could count. Whoever told you life was fair lied to you. Life okay? is a bitch. It is not fair. Okay. It's not going to go the way you want all the time, if ever, sometimes. You need to adjust right now. The power of NLP comes in, into play here because let's you say you have kids that are having issues at home or, or the majority, if not all, of the issues that a kid faces and a young adult faces are out of their control, right? Because yeah. they can't do anything. They're underage, mm -hmm. right? So the only thing I can do to help them is get them to perceive their world differently. Which comes to the first presupposition of NLP, right? The map is not the territory. Ultimately, we could never affect actual change on reality itself, whatever By that way, is. By the way, let me, let me break that down for the audience. That means oh, sure. what we think how reality is, is only our own description or understanding of it. It's Correct. not necessarily what it what it really is. As it just like a map, a paper map or a digital map is not really the terrain or or, or the place that it's representing. Go on, please. Right, exactly. So you can only affect the map. You can either add to the existing map or you can change maps outright. And that's what I do in my work with teens and young adults. I get to work in their map because ultimately that's the only thing they have control over is that space between their ears. They have no control of everything of anything else. Adults, for the most part, neither. For like right now, you, you're dealing with inflation, high gas prices, rising interest rates. Do we control any of that? No. Now we could go around bitch and moan all day long and be miserable and have that as our map of the world. Right now, as adults, we have a few more resources than these guys do, but they have to learn that the only thing they could control is what's going on in their own head. But once they get to do that, okay, the resiliency is is amazing, you know. And I've dealt with as a counselor, and my my job capacity is actually shifting this year because. <laughs> uh, because of the lovely legislators of the state of Florida who now determined I can't do the job I've done for years because I'm not licensed. Really? Yeah. So all wow. of a sudden I don't know what I'm doing anymore. So whatever. So I've been shifting, I've been shifted to an academic coaching role more. So I won't be dealing with the kiddos, but I've had kiddos where I've had to do things, uh, Baker Actum, which for those who don't know in the state of Florida, it's a kid's threatening to harm themselves. And we have to have the cop take them to a mental facility. Wow. There were, there's been days I had to do that two or three times in a day. Okay. Um, cutters, the whole smack. Kids whose parents killed themselves. And or, I mean, it, it, the things I've seen and heard um, to get the, a kid that's going through that to a point of where they can be resilient. If you're not using cutting edge technologies, which frankly, that's what I feel NLP is, EFT is, uh, self-hypnosis and mindfulness, because I can't hypnotize anyone in, in the system because it's not allowed. And I get that. But I could teach them mindfulness. I could teach them how to focus. I could do that. Um, in my private practice, I could teach them self-hypnosis and I do hypnotize, of course, in my private practice. But um it, it, it's these tools, this cutting edge stuff, this out of the box. And like you alluded to, yeah, NLP has its critics, rightly so. Um, there's some much, there's sometimes a little too much sizzle, you know, and, and not enough steak. Uh, master prac, a, a lot of trainings are just, you know, let's give you more stuff that we gave you at prac. Uh, mine was totally different. Uh, mine was back to the origination kind of stuff of NLP. We had to learn how to model. That's it. That's the right? basis of it. And in working with teasing on the dolls, the key is to modeling what's going on in their world, modeling their map. So you can find out what to do in that map. So it, it, it's, 
I'm selfish about my work in it in a way because, well, I, I always love working with the young ones uh, since most of my adult life. I've just wanted to help the younger ones because, you know, I had a lot of challenges growing up emotionally. I didn't want anybody else to go through that. Second selfish reason, though, is... John, I want to hear the second selfish reason, but I want to take our final break. Okay. And then we'll resume with your second selfish reason. <laughs> okay. And, and we'll do a wrap-up because this has been a great conversation and you and I can go on for hours. Uh, yeah. And and, I, and, I, and maybe we'll have a subsequent one, but let's right now take a commercial break for our final segment. So we'll, this is our last moment here from our sponsor and we'll come back with the, the final segment with John Soriano. Great stuff. Loving this discussion. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. When people learn something, they want to use it so it has real value. And the best teacher is experienced visit www.proficio.io that's p-e-r-f-i-c-i-o.io where proficio will have you taking action with what you're learning immediately you'll be closer to your goals before you even realize it. you're listening to the self-help coaching podcast with me your host tony petrozo we're having a fantastic conversation with john soriano and he's just getting right now getting to his second selfish reason <laughs> which you better listen to the previous break to know where we were and what is it john so the second reason which i consider the selfish one is working with teens and young adults is my small way of influencing the future because ultimately these are the ones that are going to be taking care of me mm, that's very that's very uh Right? Uh, you're having great foresight. There. If I want to, in my own small way, if I want to change the world, I have to affect the ones that are going to be changing the world. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And start reversing the trends that we were touching on earlier about the, the, the decrease in mental resiliency, for example, things like that. If I want to affect change, I can't talk to the adults because they're in their set. They're done. It's whatever. I have to talk to the up and coming. And that's my little selfish reason for doing it because I'm hoping to stack the deck and that's make the great. world a better place after I'm gone because of the work I've done with these guys. That's a fantastic reason. Well, we've covered a lot of area just in these last parts. You talked about you know the main challenge, some of the main challenges facing teens and adults and some of the ways that you're helping this group. Uh, now let me get up to my last question. Why do you feel this work is so important? I mean, you just you just answered, but obviously, when you know the day that you and I are coming, uh, the, our deaths are coming for you, maybe not maybe mean not so much. No, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I cheated. All... I cheated them once. Uh, I, I'm a cancer survivor. I cheated them once. Uh, I'm out of my line, my nine lives. I mentioned I'm a recovering, recovered <laughs> addict. You know, I was a soldier, paratrooper, and I was homeless. And, you know, so I'm out. Of, I'm, that was totally jesting. You know, we're no, but our, we are mortal people, mortal creatures where death is coming and the world will continue without us. And you just talked about, you know, how, you know, and, and before that day comes, hopefully we'll have a nice old age, hopefully. Um, uh, but you talked about, you know, transitioning to the younger people while, you, while we enjoy our older age. Uh, and, and you're working to that. Are there any other reasons you feel this work is important? Because I, I believe that, too. Of course, it's obvious. Well, I mean, they, and I kind of get to this, this point every time I do presentations on this. Um, they're looking at us they're looking at us for direction. Mm. Yep. They're looking at us for support. They're looking at us to lead them in a direction. That hasn't changed. Okay. A lot of the ways we, there's not a lot of mentoring like there used to be. Like back in the day, you always had an older buddy or an older somebody to, to, to you know, took you under their wing and they mm. mentored you. Apprenticeships. That's, you know, gone the ghost in yes. a lot of areas. And that's unfortunate too. So they're looking at us and 
they're they're desperate for the for what we could give them if we have the proper tool set to give it to them i always end any kind of time i speak with this or, or present on it and urge people who are listening to me if you're in the field if you're an nlp practitioner if you're an eft practitioner anything like that if you're in the field consider if you're not already consider working with this population because they need you if you're a listener and you're not a practitioner in any of this mentor them help them give what you can of yourself to this generation because you know what at the end of the day and we would again we had touched on the the lack of uh, you know the decrease in resiliency and all that there's only one generation to blame and it's not them yeah you are correct sir okay so as much as i want to you are does, yeah we can't we're, we're we have to own that okay and the sub subsequent because guess what happens they you know some i've plenty of my former students and now parents all right so yeah. it, it's it's that whole thing and so again i just plead in a way on their behalf do what you can to help this generation that is a fantastic first of all that was a fantastic answer and i and it was so good uh and actually gave me a lot of, a lot of thought because i work with adults in adult education so that's adult but what you said just challenged me to think about how i might work with the younger people and i thank you for that very much uh that's, that's, a, that's a, another gift you gave me i appreciate that very much um and that was such a poignant thing. I'm going to leave that as your final remark right there. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm taking command of my own pocket. That was your final <laughs> remark. But let's close it up. I understand you have a free offer for the audience, John. Yeah. If they contact me looking to uh, explore possibilities of coaching, I do offer a free 30 minute consultation. Great. And uh, what are your websites and how do they contact you? So my website is emotionaltransformations.com that's with trance in there not spelled properly C. it's with a c yeah so it's emotionaltransformations.com uh and they can contact me through the um through the contact forms on the website or they can email me at virtual hypno that's virtual h-y-p-n-o at gmail uh, either one of those and i will contact them we'll set up a time have a 30 minute chat and see if we can find mutual ground to work through. and he, and, you, and he's also on facebook i am on facebook john uh, soriano coach doc, that's john soriano coach and he's also mm -hmm. on linkedin john uh -huh. sorry uh wait that's john soriano ms mm -hmm. on linkedin so it's great stuff um you can reach out on that way but i recommend you go to his website emotional transformations.com plural this has been a wonderful discussion. It's been so organic, and I had to cut it short because, you know, I we're certainly went over time, uh, but it has been so great, and I think very int intriguing and, and informative and valuable for the listener. Uh, and I, I was compelled by it, you know, but it's been great. I had I really, a great time. I really appreciate meeting you and speaking with you. I think this is the beginning of a great friendship, quite frankly. I look forward to that. I hope sincerely. so. Uh, I really appreciate, John. Um I mean, we're going to do this again. Well, there'll be, there'll be a sequel and I want, and I want everyone, <laughs> thanks John. And I want everyone to remember that we're all responsible for ourselves and we could all use a little help with that. Thank you, John. Thank you audience. We'll see you next time on the self-help coaching podcast. Thank you for tuning into the self-help coaching podcast where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.